population size, bioregional capacity, and empowering women. While overpopulation in urban areas of developing countries has long been an area of concern, areas of depopulation are also growing steadily, especially in rural areas as cities draw in more people. Developed countries, including Japan and many Eastern European countries, are suffering from rural depopulation, while thousands of small towns and villages across America and Europe are suffering from negative population growth, even as populations explode in India, China, and megacities across the globe. Population sizes? Find their ethical equilibrium by living within the limitations of what their bioregion can sustain. Stable populations linked to bioregions are observable in remaining indigenous populations today. It is only when a temporary resource is exploited that populations soar. The rise in population spanning the last 150 years is directly correlated to the rise in fossil fuel usage. The combustion engine, synthetic fertilizer, and pesticides all were sourced from fossil fuel. Fossil fuel-powered machinery for fertilizing, weeding, harvesting, and planting with fossil fuel-based fertilizers and biocides as the only inputs besides seeds became the backbone of industrial agriculture and the poorly named Green Revolution. Fossil fuels are the concentrated mineral and oil remains of organic matter that was originally grown with the sun. Using oil is literally like using more sunlight than you get in a day to power whatever you are using that oil to do. The moment we turn off the carbonaceous diet and become aware of our bioregion's carrying capacities, the population boom will end. Carbon constitutes all the structure in all life on Earth. So the less we are inputting into our systems, the less products we will get. Phasing out fossil fuels will force populations to align to bioregions, which will normalize population densities. While it may not seem related, Educating women is the other critical component in maintaining population equilibrium within a bioregion. Women that are educated will understand and use contraception wisely, choose when they want to have a child. Women that are educated are much less likely to have children that later on get involved in violent extremism, crime, or terrorism. The work of Greg Mortensen, author of Three Cups of Tea, has shown that educating women in Pakistan and Afghanistan is the most powerful way to prevent the spread of terrorism and conflict, and his work is but one among many examples. Women are the key and often, along with children, the most vulnerable. If we are to stop overpopulation, we have to do more than see it as a numbers game. It is a series of imbalances. Each must be addressed. Governance. Function. Governance set the behavioral boundaries for society like the game maker sets the game's rules. To be precise, governing includes management of shared resources and information, dissemination of information, managing and directing labor, creation and enforcement of law, and the management, collection, and disbursement of money. Governments are also caretakers of culture. They manage the culture's collective story and work to pass it on to the next generation. The traditional hierarchical systems of government tend to create a parent-child relationship between the leadership and the citizenry, which often becomes problematic. However, government does not have to be hierarchical. It can be ecologically patterned and based on nature, where autonomy is the basis for all complexity, fertility, and stability. 
Governments bring balance when they are based on the three ethics, when they do no harm and instead encourage regeneration culturally and environmentally. Governments can present boundaries that enhance life in the same way that edge effect does. Getting past hierarchy and bureaucracy is possible, but it requires the empowerment and engagement of the people currently affected by those systems. It takes a vibrant culture. This chapter provides real solutions to obstacles found in government, politics, commerce, and community by introducing new decision-making, conflict resolution, and governing systems, but each requires the participation of passionate people. Sociocracy. Often called a deeper democracy, sociocracy is a governance system that uses the self-organizing principles determined by members of a common interest group to allow all the members to hear and speak to proposals in order to shape it until all members feel able to give their consent to a proposal. In this way, rich inputs can be obtained and thorough understanding of issues reached by the members. This is very similar to holistic management in decision-making, but has an organizational component added. All proposals and appointments are made with the participants' consent. Each group is organized around common interests, and each group manages itself. These groups work on projects and policies and seek out objections to improve the projects and policies from the people that those projects and policies affect. If it was inside a business, it would be the customer's objections informing the business's next product improvement. Instead of a board or an individual making decisions for all members, small groups or circles whose members have been nominated by the members of the whole group hold the power of decision making in a prescribed area of concern. The decisions of such groups are the result of discussing exhaustively and amending proposals until every member of the group feels able to give their consent. Sociocracy can be sourced for a business, a single event, a long-term project, or even a local or federal government. It can be added or overlaid onto any system. By seeking out objections, decisions are arrived upon that everyone recognizes as being holistically beneficial for the time being, since later things may change and the agreement can be adapted at that time. Adaptability is key. Often, we see schools of fishes or flocks of birds in flight as a whole moving as one, but it is not so. Instead, they are all constantly responding to each other and expressing themselves even as they work together as a whole or whole on. It is a natural example of sociocracy in action. Holacracy. Holacracy is a trademarked self-organizing government system for self-management based upon a constitution where all involved work towards an agreed set of common rules and mutually understood goals. This enables companies and organizations to behave and evolve in the way ecologies, organisms, and cities naturally do. Quote, like sociocracy, holacracy is also organized into circles, groups of roles that work together for a common purpose, such as marketing within the organization. Individuals act as the censors for the organization, taking action on behalf of their roles within the company and channeling feedback back into the company to improve the way it works. Individuals who fill roles in the marketing circle may sense tensions, opportunities for improvement that impact the work of that circle. Any individual filling a role within the circle may make a proposal for a way to resolve a tension that he or she senses. 
Others may object if they see a reason based on known information that the proposal will cause harm to the organization. Using a special integrative process, these objections can then be addressed. The goal of the process is to allow the tension sensor to author a change that will address his or her tension without harming the work of others in the circle. Through these incremental changes, the structure of the organization evolves and improves." End quote. Tara Everhart, Holacracy One, 2016. Zappos.com and many other businesses are already using Holacracy to be more adaptive, creative, active, empowering, and competitive. Where adoptions of Holacracy have been successful, participants have noted shorter, more effective meetings, clearer interactions, more creativity, more engagement, and more productivity, and less stress. Seemingly without explicit ethical guidelines, Holacracy cares for people and the earth by imitating natural evolutionary patterns as the focus of the method. It fosters the voice and involvement of the individual as it accomplishes the goals of the collective in a regenerative, ethical, and holistic way. Quote, evolution seems to favor processes that allow peer-to-peer emergent order to show up in response to real tensions, end quote. Brian Robertson. Holacracy, the new management system for a rapidly changing world. Nonviolent communication. Created by Marshall Rosenberg, nonviolent communication, NVC, is an empathic language technique that recognizes universal human needs and their communication as the key to unlocking conflict. Honesty, compassion, and empathy typify nonviolent communication's non judgmental communication process. Nonviolent communication is being used in businesses, schools, families, prisons, war zones, and more places to improve communications and resolve conflict. When both sides of a conflict can recognize the needs of each other without hearing judgment from the other side, the process for seeing how we can help each other can begin. Practitioners focus on observations, feelings, needs, and requests. When we can observe or share an observation without judgment, we can also say how it makes us feel in relation to what our needs are, and then we can make a request. Nonviolent communication can be used to develop self-empathy, find empathy for others, and to communicate honestly. Restorative circles. Much like a concentrated formula for nonviolent communication, this restorative justice method was pioneered by Dominic Barter of Rio de Janeiro in the mid-1990s. It is a holistic method that includes all voices that are involved within a conflict. Instead of punishment or judgment, it seeks restoration. The circles open and close with a reflective sharing process that allows everyone to have an initial and final say. See diagram.